Hello and welcome to Connect Points podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. Is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, everyone say through faith. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. And you go to Hebrews 10, 23, and it says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Amen. For he is faithful that promised. So with the help of the Lord today, I'm going to preach on this simple idea of hold on to your faith. Amen. Give your neighbor an air five and tell him it's good to see him in the house of the Lord today. Find another, find another neighbor. Spend some time. You're giving him a good air five. There you go. Amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Amen. And so I want to preach to us today on hold on to your faith. And this song we just sang, uh, I've seen you move the mountains, you've done it before, and I'm so thankful for that in my life. But there's an object that we have to do as, as Christians, as believers, we have to hold on to our faith. Now, what is faith according to Scripture? It's not, not just a, a Webster's Dictionary, not just whatever. We're saying, what does faith actually mean according to Scripture? Hebrews 11.1 1 answered that by saying, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And then also you go to 2 Corinthians 5.7. It says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. And so what the scriptures are telling us that we can hope, we can pray for things, right? Because we have not seen them yet. It's the evidence of things not even seen yet. We have faith believing that God can do it, right? Amen. God bless you. The youth class can be dismissed. I apologize about that. But so with faith is believing in the unseen, believing in the unknown, not knowing what's going to happen, but yet I have faith believing God's going to work it out according to his will. Without demonstrating faith and trust in God, the scriptures say that we actually don't even have place with God. All right? So this is a, faith is a very important thing. Faith is so important because we find in Hebrews eleven six 6 where it says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. But without faith it is impossible to please him, God. You go through scripture, and a lot of us have read Hebrews 11. It's considered the chapter of faith and the hall of faith. And it, it provides examples of so many people and in scriptures that had faith and uh, great men and great women that just had great uh, faith for uh, God was going to work out a way. And, you know, things weren't going always right for some of these people. But if you go to Hebrews chapter 11, you'll realize it has a whole list of people. I'm not going to list every single one that they have there, but the scriptures kept saying, by faith, Abel. And this says, by faith, Enoch. And by faith, Noah built an ark. And even though Noah didn't know what was to come, but he knew that God told him to build an ark to save his family. But by faith, Abraham went to search out the promised land. And even though the scriptures say he had no idea where he was going, but he said he had, by faith, Abraham did. And by faith, Sarah. By faith, Isaac. By faith, Jacob. By faith, Joseph. So many great men and women of God, it says, had faith. Everyone say faith. 
All of these men and women, they operated by faith. And here's the deal. If you go through all those characters I just mentioned there, their faith was not just when times were good in their life. Their faith was not just high only when things were going great and uh, things were just going perfect. No, no, their faith was strong in the good times and bad times. Because you realize faith is not you hoping for a predetermined outcome. And what I mean by that is simply, we'll say, well, I'm going to make up an example here, okay? Let's just say that my dog has cancer, and I really wanted my dog to live. I have faith that God could heal my dog. This is kind of a challenging example. I just want to give an example. I have faith that God could heal my dog, but what if my dog passes away? Is my faith wavered? And the question you got to ask yourself is, is my faith in the fact that God is able or if he does? Because faith is not you hoping for a, your own predetermined outcome. Rather, faith is simply saying, God, let your will be done. Not my will, but your will be done. And we find a, uh, we find a story here, and I love this story in Daniel chapter 3, the story of uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were commanded by King Nebuchadnezzar to worship the golden statue. A lot of us have heard this story before, but we're going to break down some of the portion of here. Uh, and so King Nebuchadnezzar says, hey, when, when the music starts playing, you must bow down and worship the golden statue. If you don't do it, you're going to be thrown into the fiery furnace. And we pick up in, uh, where the three Hebrew boys were. They weren't obeying what the king had to say. They were brought to the king, and, they, and we're going to pick up from here. So here they're having a face-to-face conversation with King Nebuchadnezzar. In verse number 14, it says, Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up. Now if ye be ready that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, the, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, but if you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Verse 16, it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. They knew who their real king was. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able. Everyone say able. Our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. One of the things that I just absolutely love about this story of these three Hebrew boys is that they were being pressured to worship an idol, and it wasn't just by a king Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar it was by all the people who were bound down to the golden statue. They felt so much pressure to uh, abide by what culture was doing. They were, they were feeling so much pressure to say, you know what, we can just fit right into this story. We'll just bow down. It's not that big of a deal. But these three Hebrew boys said, we're not going to do that. Even though they were pressured to bow down to the world's customs. And even though they were caught by the king, they still weren't phased uh, by that. Because they said, our God will deliver us out of thine hand. But then he says, but if not we still won't bow down to your golden statue. And I'm here to preach to us today that I know a God that is able to do a work in your life. But if he does not do the healing, if he doesn't provide that wave the way you think it is, he is still able and he is still the king of all kings and he is still able to do a work. My faith is not predicated by, the, by the, what I think the outcome should be, but my faith is in the fact that God is the creator of the heavens and earth. And I know my God can make a way out of no way. That is where my faith is coming out. 
And we have got to have that kind of faith in this day and age that we won't bow down no matter what. That I know our God will deliver us, but if he doesn't, I'm still not bowing down to the world's customs. I'm still not giving up my faith according to what the world has for us. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king. Folks, we've got to get a backbone in 2020. And I'm not talking about a mass debate. I'm not talking about those things whatsoever. I'm talking about religious freedoms in 2020. I'm talking about saying, you know what, my God, I still decide to serve my God in 2020. And I don't care what's going on in the world. I don't care what society is trying to tell me. I know my God has been good to me. I know my God has walked with me through the fire. I know my God has walked with me through the valley. And I know my God is still on the throne. Do you believe that, church family? Do you believe that God is still on the throne in your life right now and that he has everything under control today my faith is not predicated upon what's happening in today's society my faith is predicated upon what the promises of God were said 2,000 plus years ago every single promise he gave us in his scripture is meant for us to walk in faith today not by sight we can close our eyes to what's going on we can close our eyes to a pandemic I understand it's a real thing but folks my hope is not found in society my hope is not found in the CDC guidelines my hope is found in the king of kings and the lord of lords clap your hands if you believe that today church family we have got to get to the point where we say my faith is the most important thing to me I'm not willing to let go of my faith I'm going to hold on to my faith the response that King Nebuchadnezzar has was full of fear he was incredibly upset by these three Hebrew boys so he calls his most mighty men to bind the three Hebrew boys and to cast them into the fiery furnace. He tells them to turn the furnace up seven times hotter. And of course, he does that. They turn that fire up and it's burning. It is, it is flaming. And now, if, I, if, if we're just going to be honest with ourselves today, we see, we hear the story of the three Hebrew boys. They were obviously, I'm gonna say, I don't know what age they were, but it says they were, they're boys. And so we're going to say they're younger boys. And you realize that they may have been immature in regards to their age and, and what's happened to them at that point, but they were mature in their faith. Even when King Nebuchadnezzar had his uh, servants bring them to the fiery furnace, the point where you would think that the, the only outcome was death, the point where you only think, man, you know what, we're not going to be able to make it out of the situation whatsoever, you would think maybe at that point they would say, you know what, King Nebuchadnezzar, I'm going to go ahead and bow down to your idols. But we find in verse 23, it says, and these three men... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished, and he rose up in haste, and he spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king, we only threw three in there. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Because of their obedience to not bowing down to society's pressures, because they decided that my faith is more important than what other people think of me, even though uh, things weren't going to look very good for them, they decided, you know what, I'm going to go into this fiery furnace. They were literally put to test on what they said. They said, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, if you throw me in the fiery furnace, I know my God is able. He said, I know my God can protect me. But even if God does not protect me in this moment, I know he is able. Everyone say able. 
I know God is able to protect me in this moment. But if not, if not, God, if God, you don't show up in the midnight hour, God, if, if you don't show up when, when I'm at the very lowest of lows, and God, if you don't show up when the fire is just burning all around me, God, if you don't show up, I'm still not bowing down to world's customs. Even if, even if it looks like I'm going to die because of this, even if it's, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I'm here to preach this very simple message to you. You have got to hold on to your faith. No matter the cost it may cost you on planet Earth, even though you might lose some friends, you might lose some family, you might lose some people at your job who might like you, might not like you any longer. Folks, your faith is the most important thing because I know a God who is able to deliver me from the hand of the enemy. I know a God who can heal me. I know a God... Amen. I believe that God is here today to meet your need. I believe God is here today to meet your need, I said. Do you, do you have faith believing that God is here today to meet your need? Raise your hand if you believe that right now. Are we going to have to build it here? I got some more work to do today then. Folks, I'm here to preach this very simple message. It don't matter what society says. It don't matter what the doctor's report says. It don't matter what your, your family genealogy says. It don't matter none of that whatsoever. But what matters is knowing that God is able to meet my needs today. He is able to meet my needs today. You see that God protected them through the fire and the flames. And he says there's a fourth one like the image of the Son of God. And how many times have we been in that valley low, church family, where we felt like we had nothing to do, where we felt like we could take another breath, we couldn't take another step, we couldn't do another day, and we forgot we didn't look all the way around us. We forgot that we saw Jesus next to our side. If it had not been for the love of God in my life, if it had not been for the mercy of God in my life, this is not on my notes right here, and Brother TJ, I apologize here, but... Uh, Brother TJ and I were pretty good friends, and I, I really appreciate him. And I know they've had a season in the past year, two years, of just down and up, valley, high, valley lows and mountain tops. And one thing I got to say is that his faith has not wavered. He has gone through job through job through the pandemic and things like that. But I, I was watching him today as he's worshiping during the song of, I've seen you move the mountains. Brother TJ, I know you can testify that he has seen God move mountains. And I, I, we can't get too careful to forget but what God did for us yesterday. Because if it had not been, if it had not been for the love of God, if it had not been but for the power of God in my life, I would not be standing here today. Oh, it is so easy to get to a point in our life where we forget what God has done for us. We get to a point where we feel like, you know what, God, you did so much last year, we thank you. But this year in 2020, it's not going so hot for me, God. But we forgot he even got us to this day. We forget at times that he woke, up, woke us up in the morning, gave breath in our lungs. He gave us a new day, and the scripture said his grace and mercy is new every single day. And I am so thankful for that. And so, my friends, I'm here to preach to you today. You have got to hold on to your faith in the good times and bad, in the fiery furnace or the mountaintop. You have got to hold on to your faith today. Thank you, Jesus. We have got to hold on to our faith. We have got to stay faithful to God, and he's going to stay faithful to us. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 13 through 17, talks about the whole armor of God. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, 
that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Just stand, it says, to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace and above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take upon you the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. If you've been a part of a Sunday school department of any kind in your life, I grew up in this church and I remember so many times seeing that whole armor of God, the, the image they put up on the wall. And, you know, as a child, you're thinking that's pretty cool. They got a sword, they got, you know, a shield, they got all that. It's pretty cool. But as an adult, I take, I, I take that a little more seriously. Because when you get to the point of your life where you're married, you might have kids, you have bills, you have, you have so many things that go on in your life. And you realize the scripture is not just for little kids to get an image on their mind. This, these scriptures aren't just for us to put a cute little picture up in a Sunday school room and say, you know what, this is good. But when it says to take upon you the whole armor of God, that is not a suggestion. It is not a suggestion whether or not we should put on the whole armor of God. Folks, if we are not putting upon us the whole armor of God every single day, we are taking shots that we don't have to take shots for. We're getting wounds that we don't have to get wounds for. But one thing I found interesting, Brother George and I was talking about this a few weeks ago. And I studied this out here, but in verse number 16, it says, And above all, taking upon you the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take upon you the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You see, you wear the breastplate of righteousness. You wear the belt of truth. You wear the helmet of salvation. But you have to hold on to two things, the Scriptures say. There's two things you have to hold on to, the Scripture's telling us. You have got to hold on to the shield of faith, and you've got to hold on to the, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You see, everything else you can wear. Everything else, you know, theoretically speaking, if you put it on, the enemy's going to have a hard time taking the helmet off you. Theoretically, it's going to be hard to get that, that breastplate of righteousness off you, but why, does it, why, why is he saying we've got to take upon us the shield of faith, meaning we got to hold on to the shield. And I don't believe I'm taking scripture out of a context because this is what, literally what it's talking about. He's saying to take upon you the shield. You have, the, you have got to hold on to the shield of faith and you got to grip a hold of the sword of the spirit. So why do we have to hold on to those two things? Because the enemy simply knows this. If he can get your shield of faith, he can get your weapon. If he can get your faith, he can get your weapon. If Satan gets your faith, you begin to question, is God even real? Does God even love me? Can God even do? If you get rid of your faith, if the enemy gets a hold of your faith, you no longer have that shield, and you start questioning, does God even care about my life? Can he actually forgive me? Is baptism in Jesus' name even necessary? Is the Holy Ghost even real? You begin to question God because you lose your faith. That is why you have got to hold on to your faith. You have got to hold on to the shield of faith with everything you got because the enemy knows if he gets your shield, he gets your weapon. He gets your weapon, my friend. And I'm here to preach this right now. And I felt this in the Holy Ghost when I was praying about this message. I feel like there's people in this room today who have lost your shield of faith a little bit. All right. Got, got real quiet here. I believe strongly in this place. There are people right now who are losing faith 
They are losing hope. They are losing the idea that God could even be real in 2020. They're looking at media. They're looking at everything around them. They're looking at society. They're looking at culture. They're looking at everything around them, and they start questioning, God, how can you bring me to 2020 this way? God, how can you... Oh, God, help us right now. I pray right now for those who are low in faith. I pray right now. I need every single prayer warrior praying right now. Oh, God, I pray right now for every single person in this room today who is losing faith, who is losing hope, God. I pray you'll restore those things the enemy has stolen. I pray right now you restore joy. I pray you'll restore peace today, my God, in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Because the enemy knows if he can get your faith, he can get your joy. He knows if he can get your faith, he can get your peace. He knows if he can get your faith, he can get your family. He knows if he can get your faith, he can get your marriage. I'm here to preach to you today, people of God. We've got to take upon us the whole armor of God in 2020. we got to grab a hold of that shield and hold on to everything we got. We have got to hold on to our faith because the enemy knows if he gets our faith, he gets our weapon. We will take wounds to the spirit. It may be from what we consider church family, things may hurt. It may be from people in our own family, our own workplaces, our own friends, things like that where we will get wounded and we think it's their fault. We think it's so-and-so's fault and it's brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so. But my friends, it's because the shield of faith is starting to waver in your hands. It's time to grab a hold of the shield of faith and realize our joy is found in the Spirit of God. Our joy is found in the Word of God. Our hope is not in society. Our hope can be found in Jesus Christ today. Every hand raised across this sanctuary. I feel faith rising in the sanctuary right now. Oh God, my faith is not predicated upon what I'm going through right now, but my faith is by God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. If Satan gets your faith, he gets so much from you. That's why we find the story of Job. Where Job's wife says, you know what, Job, you're going through a lot today. Just curse God and die. Because the enemy knows if he can get Job's faith, it's over. Why was it that at the Last Supper in Luke 22 that God says, I'm going to read this scripture in Luke 22. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But then it says, and this is at the Last Supper here. His last moment with the disciples, a, a break in bread with the disciples. But in verse 32, he says, but I have prayed for you, Peter. Not for anyone else. He says, I have prayed for thee, talking to Peter, that your faith fail not. Why did God pray that prayer? Why did God at the Last Supper pray, Simon, Simon, I'm going to pray for you that your faith fails not. Because uh, God knew that his sword was about to become non-existent. He understood Peter. Oh. Peter here. Even though at the Last Supper, God knew Peter was going to deny him three times. Jesus already knew that Peter was going to do it, but he, he made a prayer to Peter that his faith failed not. 
Because Jesus knows this simple idea that your sword becomes non-existent when Satan gets your faith. When you give up your faith, you give up hope. When you give up faith, you give up, up, give up the idea that God can actually restore. And I'm here to preach to you this morning that it's time for us to hold on to our shield. It's time to hold on to our faith. Don't you dare let the enemy steal your faith today, person of God. If the enemy gets your faith, he's going to get your joy. If he gets your... If he gets your faith, he can destroy you. So why did God make that prayer? Because God knew Peter was about to fail him. God already knew that Peter was going to deny him three times. He already knew that. But God was trying to give him one last chance. He's saying, Peter, I pray that your faith fail. Now, one of Jesus' last moments on planet earth with his disciples, he was praying for their faith. And my friend, if it is that important for Jesus to be praying for the disciples that their faith fail not, how important is it that we pray the same prayer today in 2020? Oh, God. I pray my faith fail not. Lord, I pray that you will lift up my faith. I pray. It is so important that we understand this concept today, church family, that our faith must not fail. We must pray that prayer even though if we don't get the outcome we want. God, I know you're, you are still able to do it. God, not my will, but your will be done. Not my will, not my preconceived notion, but my God, not mine, but your will be done. That is faith. That is faith right there. If you don't get the desired outcome in your situation, it's faith knowing that God was still able, but he chose not to. You see, it, your faith matters in the good times, and it also matters in the bad times. We have the hall of faith in Hebrews 11. The characters that you can go through and you can study them out, and they're very powerful. But you realize the characters that they were mentioning, that they, they were saying, by faith, Noah. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Sarah. By faith, Isaac. And the list went on and on and on. He was saying that it wasn't because they lived a perfect life. He wasn't saying that they had so much faith because they were doing so good all the time. He didn't say that it was because of their faith that, you know, they understood why they were building an ark before it had rained in many days. He did not say it was because they had so much knowledge behind it. All he says is that by faith, Noah built. By faith, I, Abraham went. Oh, by faith, it don't matter what you're going through right now. It don't matter what's happening in your life right now. But God is trying to test our faith right now in 2020. And he's trying to tell us to hold on to your faith. You may not understand what's going on, but it's time to hold on to your faith. Don't you dare let go of that shield of faith. Don't you dare let go of the sword of the spirit. Don't you dare let go of that child of God. The enemy will try to sift you as wheat. The enemy has come into our life not for joy. The enemy has not come into our life for peace unhappiness the enemy comes into our life to steal to kill and destroy the scriptures say that is what the job of the enemy is to do and his his job is to steal your faith his job is to kill your faith it is his job to do that because he knows if he can get your faith he has a chance of getting you away from god we find a scripture in matthew 19 verse 26 
It says, with men, this is impossible. But with God, everyone say, with God. But with God, all things, all things are possible. Your faith is important. And who you put your faith in is very important. We can put all the faith we want into leadership. We can put all the faith we want into our friends, our family, our coworkers. We can put all our faith into the doctors and those who are smarter than us. We can put all our faith in those, and that's fine. You can do that if you want. But what does the scripture say? With men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So it is very important that we, we figure out where our source of faith comes from. That it does not come from the man-made things around us. It does not come from leadership around us. But my faith is predicated upon the fact that I know God is still on the throne. Because I know for a fact that with, with men, this is absolutely impossible. With God, it is absolutely possible. We have to have God on our side. And I felt so strongly in my spirit this morning. That faith was some of the issues that are happening in our life. I, I, I'm well aware of what's going on in society. <clears throat> I'm well aware of all the things that are happening. But folks, our faith is not found here. Our faith, our hope is not found here. It is not found here whatsoever. I love being on planet Earth. I love being around family. I love this. What's, I love it all so much. But what I know for a fact, when that trumpet sounds... And the Lord calls back his perfect, his perfect bride, the Lamb. When he calls back his church to go to call heaven their home, my hope cannot be found in society, but my hope can only be found in the fact that I know God is coming soon for his church, that I know God is coming back for a perfect bride, a perfect church, and I know I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of that so much, Lord. I pray right now my faith be lifted high in 2020. I pray that my faith won't fail right now. He is coming soon, church family. He is coming soon. Amen. If the music can come, Brother Teacher, you might have to go get Sister Giatu or you're playing. Oh, God bless you. Thank you. Amen. But with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. We find a story in Matthew chapter 9, verses 27 through 31. And I'm coming to a close right now. It says, And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was come into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus, Jesus saith unto him, Believe you that I am able to do this. They said unto him, Yea, Lord. And then he touched their eyes, according to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus straightly charged them, saying, See that no man knoweth. But they, when they were departed, spread abroad his fame in all that country. We sang that song of, do what you are famous for. And it's kind of a it's kind of a weird thing to say, I feel like, in church. We got we think about fame and there's things, there's things that are connected to fame that aren't always good. But it says here, but they that when, when they were departed, they spread abroad his fame in all the country. But what I found interesting about that scripture, about that story, was that these blind men they came to God and it says they were crying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And God says, do you believe that I am able to do this? The blind men said, yes, we believe you're able to do this. And what did God do? He healed them. And he said, according to 
not his faith, not God's faith, but according to your faith, you're made whole. What I found interesting about that portion of scripture is that it was an absolute true event. But the fact that it was a true event that God said, according to your faith, according to your faith, you're made whole. Is it possible at times, church family, that we have a problem that we say, okay, God, I think you can do it. God, I believe that, you know what, I've seen you. I heard about it in scripture. I've seen you heal the blinded eyes. I've, I've seen all these things happen. But is it possible that our faith was not the same level as our knowledge? Was it possible that our faith was a little bit lower when God said, according to your faith? And I am here to challenge us this morning on Power Sunday. According to your faith, whether it be low or high right now, you, you already know that. But according to your faith, be made whole. And I want to preach this right here to you, church family, and realize that I don't know where you're at in life. I don't know what you are facing right now. But I do know that Jesus Christ has made himself known in this room. I know for a fact that God has walked into this room, the healer, the provider. I know he is here. And one thing I do know for sure, it was not by accident you are here today. It was not because you, you happened to come by on Highway 14 and stumbled upon it here. You made a decision to come into the house of God today. And I'm here to tell you, I refuse to leave the house of God the same way I came in. According to my faith, and I pray right now our faith be lifted high. With every single person standing in the sanctuary, if you can raise your hands up real high right now. Hey man, I feel that faith is going to start rising in the sanctuary. I feel faith starting to lift right now. Come on, come on, church family, use your voice right now. Use your voice, lift up your voice right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. Oh God, I pray right now for every single person here today. Come on, that's all right, lift up your voice right now. go eight chapters later in Matthew chapter 17. Jesus. Amen. The Spirit of God has fallen right now. I feel hope right now being put in people's lives. I feel faith rising right now, church family. I don't know what you came in here with. I don't know what strongholds are in your life. I don't know any of that. I don't know what family issues are going on. I don't know that. But what I do know right now, that there is a God that loves you. There is a God that cares about you right now. And I believe God is getting ready to pour out his spirit in a very mighty way. Oh. chapters later in Matthew 17 verse 19 says then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said why could we not cast out why could we not cast the, de the demons out and Jesus said unto his disciples because of your unbelief for verily I say unto you if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove. 
and nothing shall be impossible unto you. What I'm here to tell you right now is your faith does not need to be so big. Your faith does not need to be at a level that's always as crazy. It's, you've never been on a, on, a, on a higher level of faith. But what scripture is telling us, that if you have faith, the grain of a mustard seed, you can say to that mountain, remove hundred and I feel that there are some mountains that need to be moved in some people's lives right now. I feel that there's some hurts in people's lives that need to be healed today. Oh, in the name of Jesus. The last thing I'm going to say is this. And then we're going to open up these altars. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Folks, that is the sword of the Spirit talking right there that he is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could even ask or think. That is the sword of the Spirit. And so I don't know what you're going through right now, but I feel very led by the Holy Ghost today that there are people with some serious hurts that have walked into this building today. I feel there's some people in this room today that have some very significant hurts from family or friends and whatever it might be, but I'm here to tell you, if you got faith, the grain of a mustard seed, God can remove that. God can heal that. He cares about you so much. He cares about you so much. With every single hand raised to high, I want you to open up your mind, open up your spirit and let God move. Let's all make this, make our prayer. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you and we hope you have a great week.